Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Tennis Channel Inside In on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. Mitch Michaels from the Santa Monica Studios, and it is time to talk the Canadian Open. We've got Nico Pereira to break down the men's action in Montreal and the women's action in Toronto. We talk about Serena Williams' announcement that she's winding down her tennis career, and we talk about the hot streak that Nick Kyrgios is on and predict some tournament winners. Recap all the action with Nico. It's a great chat there. Then I'm talking to some pickleball professionals. Jay DeVillier and Callie Smith are on the PPA tour. They're in town for the events at the Riviera Country Club, the PPA event this weekend. We're going to talk a little bit about the new sport that's sweeping the nation with them. It's Tennis Channel Inside In on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. Let's start the show. Right now on Tennis Channel Inside In, joined by uh, a friend of mine here on the program, multiple-time guest. You might have the record for most times. You're definitely up there. But Nico Pereira back again on the show. Nico, thanks for joining me here as we have the National Bank Open Canada going on. You're a busy man, but thank you for joining the podcast. My pleasure, man. You know, uh, right after we get off the air, uh, not much to do. So it's a pleasure to be here and talk a little bit more tennis and keep up to date here at the start of the summer. It's always great. And we've been watching some awesome tennis the first four days. Uh, a lot of long matches. Um, the players are gearing up towards the last uh, major of the season. Pretty big uh, date there in New York, and everybody's eager to do well. Yeah, you've been like getting the early shift and also getting the first like it's like a three-hour match each day to start us that's off proper. been the norm <laughs> exactly that's our formula me and nosey we get the three hour and a three and a half hour match and then call another set yeah yeah i mean it, what's also interesting too the other theme unfortunately is the rain we're getting a lot of that canada as we record this in montreal this is a unique tournament as many tennis fans know they split it every year so montreal and toronto get either men's or women's and they alternate it and there's rain in montreal there was a ton in toronto earlier in the week uh, but a lot going on, and unfortunately, it seems like every time you come on this show, too, we're talking retirement now. I hate to be like that. <laughs> you know, we talked about Delpo the last time, and now it's Serena making the announcement that I think we were all, unfortunately, kind of getting ready to hear uh, before her second-round match against Belinda Bencic, which she faltered in. She announced through a Vogue magazine piece that she was going to, didn't say the word retire, but basically evolve into the next stage of her career indirectly said it's more likely going to end at the u.s open she'll be 41 years old nico it's not that we were you know shocked by this news but it's a little jarring in the sense that this is an all-time great the greatest in a lot of people's minds mine included on the women's game that she's stepping away from the game where she made an everlasting impression which is the understatement of the year so it's always going to be jarring when a legend steps away even if we are expecting it definitely definitely we've had uh, both serena and venus uh for many years, we've been fortunate. To me, Serena is uh, probably the best female athlete of all times in any sport. I I think you know she she's been that good. She uh, had to 
go through injuries also throughout her career, adversity. She was a mother during that career, and that's probably the main reason she she will she liked to uh, stop competing because maybe she wants to be a mother again. That's that's what I've been hearing, but uh, definitely she gave us uh, a lot of great moments, you know, and 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 motivated a lot of of young kids, which is very important. I think her lasting legacy is going to be obviously the accolades and the accomplishments which we can run through, but it's the fact that she introduced, kind of like the Tiger Woods effect, she introduced so many people to the game. She grew the game in a lot of ways, and she did it in a different way, which you don't even need to look at the women's game. You look at somebody like Kyrgios on the men's side, you look at other athletes in other sports, you don't have to fit a mold in really anything outside of tennis, outside of sports, you can do things against the grain and be successful. So her being, and you kind of saw it in that piece and read it in that piece, doing it her way, staying true to herself, I think that's the legacy she's going to have. She's uh, definitely an iconoclast. You know, did, uh, her sister tr uh, was a trailblazer because Venus started first being older, but she definitely followed through and, and made a huge, huge mark, in, not only in, in, in tennis, but in the whole world of sports, especially here in the United States. Certainly did. I, uh, I think that uh, what really separated her, and you can look at it too, like all the majors, you know, sitting at 23 right now where it looks like it's going to end, but 10 majors after age 30. So if you want to talk about like how she became the greatest ever, it was extending what we thought an athlete could accomplish in their prime. Right. I thought she could have won more earlier. But, you know, there were the distractions, the injuries, mm -hmm. the, the different factors that didn't allow her. But, you know, she, she straightened the ship and, uh, and took a new course and, and was a trailblazer herself, winning so much yeah. after the age of 30 and, and uh, just keeps, kept surprising us with, with great tennis and, and unparalleled competition. She had no competition there for a while. Yeah, I mean, she basically beat out, <laughs> bullied out, whatever you want to say the uh, competition level through through and through. Uh, and I love that she said, you know, I could have had more, I could have had 30, and that's what you want to hear athletes say, is that it's about what was left on the table. Um, I love that part of it, too. Just from kind of the pro-athlete perspective, which obviously you have, it's always going to be hard, right, to say goodbye as an athlete. It's hard to really know, and it's hard to give up what you dedicated your life from as a child and became an adult in. There really isn't a time when you know it's over. You know that you might not be as good as you once were, but knowing to say goodbye, and she acknowledged it, is probably the hardest thing that any athlete has to go through mentally. Well, everybody says, you know, athletes die twice because that's what you've been obsessed with since a very young age in order to become that good, in order to to be at the, at the top of your game, especially somebody that dominated the, the game as the best ever probably in the, to play it. It must be really hard, and it's not going to hit her right, right away. It's going to take a few months, maybe years. What did you think about the send-off in Toronto that she got? The Benchich match, it was a tough draw. Belinda played great. She's pushing up on the top ten where I think a lot of people will believe she belongs. Serena loses that match but gets the proper send-off, I thought, in Toronto. Oh, definitely. She will get the proper send-off anywhere she goes. Too bad it's not going to be that long. She thought it that way, I'm sure. You know, attention to detail was was paid uh, explicitly there, and yeah. that that interview must have been a few days or weeks ago. So she she'd been thinking about it, but she didn't make she chose to make it public that way this week 
couple of weeks before the U.S. Open where she's just going to be showered with uh, with all kinds of tributes. Yeah. The ticket sales just exploded as we thought they would. So oh, still yeah. a draw. Like, it's still, definitely. you know, it's going to be a proper tribute. She's got Cincinnati and then the U.S. Open. But again, props to Serena and, and making the announcement when she did had to be tough. Moving on in the uh, Canadian Open, I want to kind of switch gears to the men's side because the other story outside of the big landscape of Serena Nick Kyrgios is playing the best tennis of his life. Uh, it's now eight wins in eight days. He beats world number one, Daniil Medvedev, in three sets. Exciting. I said last week on this show, it was kind of startling to me. It's like he's growing up, is that he's getting more mature, and he really looks like he's enjoying the game. The biggest thing, I mean, we can talk about his serve, his hands, his effortless style, but he loses the first set where he kind of faltered in the tiebreak. Yep. He rebounds. And that's we the thought, difference to yep. me. You, they all need curious would have gone yeah. away. Yeah. And it's just fascinating to see. That's what we all were asking for, and he's delivering in a big way. I was uh, uh, asked by uh, my partners who I would take to play an exhibition at the end of the year in, in Mexico, and I said Kyrgios and Monfils. And we came to a, an understanding with both of them uh, a couple of weeks before Wimbledon. And then he goes out and gets to the final. So it, for us, it's great news. But those are two of the biggest entertainers in the game. And it's, it's great to see both of them doing well. Yeah. But especially what Nick has done is it's you know, the hottest player in tennis uh, after the Wimbledon final and the title in, in uh, Washington and, and then beating the number one player in the world the week after in a manner that, that he won. We just hope he, he keeps it going. Well, I do want to say, and I was going to mention it later, but props to Gail Monfils coming back in yep. some wins. Still yep. just his movement on court oh. is just, even at his age now, it's, it's like thing he of beauty. flies around there. Uh, here's, here's a stat for you. Kyrgios, 94 out of 95 service, held, service games held. It's just insane how locked in he is on that side of the net. And, I mean, the one thing he's always had through all the ups and downs, Nico, is he's yep. not afraid. Like, he, it doesn't matter who you are, big three, Hall of Famer, world number one. He's just not afraid out there. And he, he plays it basketball style. You know, he's so loose that goes in be between the legs, hits the second serve as hard as he can. Uh, but, you know, he's keeping it real. He's keeping it simple. He, he He's not uh, going so emotional, although he goes off uh, on his rants that make our job a lot easier but because he is, tells yeah, us exactly I, what... I do like that it's at his team and not at the umpire or yeah, fans, you know? exactly. It's a little different there. I think the TFO match last week in D.C., I mean, that tie break, he saved a bunch of match points. Yep. Yeah, it was five, yeah. Five there just points. seems like there are opportunities to, and I don't want to say necessarily check out, but not yeah. maintain mm. your level. Yeah. And he's not the only one that's done this or continues to do this, where it'd be easy to dip, think about, like, ah, do I really want to put the work in? That's changed. Like, unequivocally, he is more locked in than he's ever been, and... Going into the rest of this tournament, the U.S. Open Series, he's going to be a favorite in every tournament. I was, I was looking for something here that was sent to me this morning. He, he has a winning record against the top players, all of them. Mm -hmm. All of them. Tsitsipas, I think, has beaten him three times, but the others, one time only. And I can't find it, but I wanted to show it Nadal's to you because like, it's impressive. Yeah, yeah, he has a winning record against Djokovic, Tsitsipas, Medvedev, 
Yeah, it's crazy. It's amazing. <laughs> it really is. So that you know gets you thinking. If this guy gets motivated, and you know he's you know he get he's going to get better seedings as he climbs the ranking. Unfortunately, he didn't get the points for Wimbledon, but he would be 14, 15 in the I world know. right now. It's a shame. It's a shame for a lot of people. Uh, but he's going to be seated the way it's going. It would be shocking if he oh, wasn't yeah. going into oh, Wimbledon, going into the U.S. Open. Uh, and just quickly on on Medvedev, yep. one of the Russian players that obviously wasn't able to play at... Are you allowed to say that? Yeah, I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> wasn't allowed to play at Wimbledon, uh, loses this match here. Uh, I, I just want to ask you about his game going forward, and, and I know it's a loss to the hottest player on tour, right. but do you have any concern with his game moving forward? And I ask you kind of tactic-wise because it seems to be a blueprint that players top players Nadal kind of showed it at the Australian Open but they're coming to the net on him to kind of counteract what he's doing so do you have any concern with Medvedev in the long run of him being a top player no no not at all I think he'll figure it out he's probably out of rhythm uh, it's not easy to play a Nick Kyrgios serving 80 percent and winning 95 percent of the points on the first serve I just wish that we had seen Daniil try something different on the return he stayed way back that is something that him and Jill are going to 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 look at it again, and I'm sure they'll remedy it. But uh, he, he's he's there to stay. He's going to be a top five player right. for for years to come. That's my take. Right. The reason why I would agree with you is Kyrgios beating you isn't any cause for concern at this point. And he had moments. He acknowledged in the press conference where he left shots on the table. There were things he could have done. When he starts losing, if he does start losing to lower ranked players, then I'll be concerned. But right. Not right now. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. More with Nico Pereira here on Tennis Channel Inside In. Well, uh, this Canadian uh, bank open. It's funny. We've always kind of wanted parity in the men's game, and now we're seeing it. The top three seeds in the men's tournament, this tournament, are out. Four of the top five. Could be all five. We're in a third set uh, in a rain delay with uh, Rude and uh, RBA Batista Goot. But top three seeds are out, and the match of, of the tournament for me so far was that Alcaraz-Tommy Paul match that you called. Three-plus hours. Uh, Tommy Paul gets another top 10 win, his third of his career. Uh, but I hate to say the cliche, but no real losers in that one. That was just an enjoyable shot making, the movement. It was uh, a joy to watch. And I'm sure a joy to call for you. Well, Tommy said it uh, at the desk with Prakash. He said I, uh, there was a moment there where I was down, but I didn't care because I was enjoying the match so much that either way I was going to leave the court happy. And you could tell two of the best movers, if not the two best movers on tour, they just displayed a tremendous uh, amount of, of talent, uh, of desire, of joy, and that's what you want to see. You know, I hate yeah. watching the match where, where, where the, somebody is you know, miserable out there. And yeah. these guys were just, you know, going at it and a great embrace at the end. Great rallies, great shot making. It's great to see Tommy Paul coming to his own. Alcaraz has proven that he's ready. Four titles, six finals, tied with Rafa for the four titles. In this season, he's established himself as a bona fide top tenor uh, candidate of, for winning uh, a major. But Tommy Paul has done mm -hmm. tremendous yeah. job the last two years because it, it's taken him two years of hard work, of dedication, yeah. of changing his habits outside the court 
to be where he's at, and it's just great to see him being rewarded for that effort. Yeah, well, what we're not going to do is every time somebody loses, go, what's wrong with Alcaraz here? Because everything's <laughs> going to be fine. Like, it, it happened last week in the center match. People were, you know, and I don't want to do that. But what I will say is I agree with your points on Tommy Paul. It's so fortunate that, you know, him and the pairing happened with him and Brad Stein and yeah, the work they put in. It's a perfect pairing. And mentally putting in the time. The old Tommy Paul's not coming out of that second set tie break where it's just going on and on and finding a way out strategically where he doesn't rely on his athleticism and shot making to get him out of the woods. Alcaraz is a tough player for everybody to play, but I was watching that match thinking of anybody, and it's not a great matchup, but Paul can run with him. Paul can retrieve with him, and that's where totally. I don't think a lot of players, even higher ranked, arguably better players at this stage, have the matchup favorability. It's like Styles make yeah. fights in like boxing or, yeah. or UFC, but Paul can run with him, and I think that gives him a leg up on a lot of players versus a guy like Alcaraz. Great mover on all surfaces. He grew up on the clay. <laughs> Imagine the that. rare American that yeah, grew up on the American, clay. Exactly. Yeah. He, his his thing was a couple of years ago. He didn't have enough power. I think he put on some muscle, and it's really able to get some cheap points with the first serve. Uh, the forehand is moving a little bit more. I would like to see it, you know, improve. Uh, and the backhand is just magical, especially that backhand up the line. I think kept Alcaraz on his heels a lot, and it was a key shot for him winning yesterday. It was an exciting match to say the least. Uh, what wasn't that exciting as we move along the men's draw? Uh, I guess it was exciting if you're from Great Britain and looking for the next guy up. But Jack Draper, the 20 year old who uh, we expect to rise up the rankings, uh, defeats. Stefano Tsitsipas for the biggest match of his career. Draper wins in straight sets the, light, the late night match. Unfortunately, it seems like the focus is going to be on Stefanos. It's a loss where he made 36 unforced errors in two sets, spraying his forehand a lot. Mentally, he got a little out there, hit a ball at Draper in the match, and just doesn't seem like he's found his footing in this 2022 season. Still ranked pretty high, but there are causes for concern, Nico, with where Stefanos is at. Yes. Definitely. I think something's going on. Don't know what. Don't know Stefanos. Um, his manager was my manager. <laughs> and that's, that's as, as far as we go in terms of yeah. connection. But I don't know what's going on with him. I hope, you know, he finds it back. He's one of those guys that had been in the straight and narrow path ever since he started. Everything has worked for him. So now it's normal. He's finding some, uh, some difficulties maybe outside the court. Who knows? But he's yeah. definitely not playing that, the confident uh, tennis that he has us used to. I, I never saw a hiccup from Stefano Tsitsipas. But maybe he was shaking by losing that two sets to love up match that, that he lost in the major. But... Uh, they're all entitled to slumps. I mean, yeah, they're human. True. So, so he, I'm not worried about him. He's fine. And Draper's somebody that I, we've heard about. Yeah. This could be a guy. Like, yeah. how far it goes, hard to make it all the way to the top. But especially for the British, like, they've been looking for the next guy after Murray. And he's doing all the right things yeah. at this point in his career. I like what I see in him. You know, he plays tennis with joy, enthusiasm. He, you know, has a lot of work in front of him. He's far from the being the complete player. But I think he has the key elements, and I think yeah. he has the right attitude, and I and I hope for him. He seems like a great guy, and uh, I hope for him and for British tennis that they get the the, the next start. It was a banner day for British tennis yeah. with Dan Evans beating yeah. Rublev. Yeah, that was a good one. It, it almost seems like, and I don't want to give a pass to anybody for losing, but that is more understandable in the grand scheme of things to me. 
Dan Evans is just kind of like a street fighter out there. But Dan Evans is yeah. a nightmare for Rublev. Yeah, Rublev likes his things in order. Yeah, he likes yeah. to get the ball waist high and disruptor. just wail. And yeah. Evans is going to give him everything, but Dan can go upstairs. <laughs> he can slice and dice you. He can do a lot of things. And uh, I don't think that sits well with the, a player yeah. with, the, with the style that Rublev has. He is a disruptor, 100%. And my only critique of Rublev to get to the next step at this point I want to see more on the serve. I feel like it's not quite at the level where, especially his best of five and these matches drag on. I don't know if it's as, as reliable as the other elite players and the other elite areas of Rublev's own game. You're right. Second serve has always been a uh, an Achilles heel for him. He has improved because uh, yeah. he, ha he had issues, not with double faults, but he's just short and soft. And yeah. people just put him to put him to task after that. And then inside the lines, he has improved a bit. Uh, coming in and with the, uh, the field game and the volley game, but not enough to be at the top 10 level. Well, this tournament's pretty open, and uh, it's fun to see the home crowd, kind of the, the, the packed stadiums yet again, and we saw it in full, full force with Felix last night. Oh, that yes. match against Ishioka, and the set point and set one had the whole crowd in the palm of his hands. He put <laughs> the whole city of Montreal on their feet with that yeah. backhand. Wow, that was awesome. And you could feel it coming too because he was defending and daring yeah. <laughs> and then he got it perfectly and he enjoyed it he was there for, he posed for a while but yeah. he deserved to i mean he's <laughs> going to be popular all over canada but montreal is his home oh, turf. Yeah, that's, like, that's the one that's him when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. More with Nico Pereira here on Tennis Channel Inside In. Well, on the women's side, you just fresh out the booth from that Coco Golf Sabalenka oh, yeah. three and a half hour match. Well, golf enters the top ten. This uh, enters is the a, top this ten. This is a history in the making. I really uh, wish uh, her to become that the star that she seems to be headed uh, to be. Uh, I, you know, she's obviously going to have to start, you know, winning the the majors in order to to increase her stature because she has done everything else. She's uh -huh. well on her way. She's a responsible, mature, well-spoken 18-year-old. She's a phenom. And uh, congratulating her parents for doing what they've done with her. And, and I wish her nothing but the best. Uh, she has the second serve issues. Mm. And she has the forehand issues when things get tight. That, that's what happened. But on the other hand, she is a brawler. She never gives up, and she's hard to kill. I mean, she <laughs> she moves yeah. amazing. The oh. backhand is money. You know, she loves to hit the two hundred when when she's under pressure up the line, and she did so beautifully today. There are yeah. things to work on, but then again, she's eighteen, and she's she's awesome. Absolutely hard to kill. Love that, and uh, I do think that feel at the net is another thing. I, this wasn't. She'll admit it wasn't her best match. Uh, uh, ironically, not the one with the worst serving problems today as Sabalenka continues to bark up they that were hill. Close. Very they close. were very close. That going on, I do think that it was good to see her fight to win when she wasn't at her best. And that's where, like, Nadal is the standard for that. But it's good. Like, she'll have to raise her level to win majors and do stuff and clean stuff up. But on one hand, it's good to see that 
when the A game isn't there, she can find a way out down three love in the third. I mean, there were so many momentum changes in this match. It was hard to keep track, but down three love. And in a game where she was teetering to go down four love, she finds a way to win. Amazing. Amazing. Two days in a row winning a third set tiebreaker. She beat Wimbledon champion the day before also. Yeah. But uh, it's nervy, and, and Sabalenka, uh, is ve it's a very emotional player, and I think yeah. that rubbed off on, on Coco. I don't think that would mm -hmm. be the norm, but that, that remains to be seen. She has Halep next, and that's yeah. going to be a big challenge because Halep is a player that doesn't give you any gifts. She's done well in this tournament, too. Uh, the good thing about being 18 is you can just recover from these three-and-a-half-hour matches and just roll out of bed and be, be spry. I don't know. <laughs> and the, the, she she yeah. did it with her legs. So she true. had to run quite a bit. Yeah. I expect her to be feeling it a bit in a uh, quarterfinal match tomorrow. One player that always seems to be feeling it, Igas Fiantek. Back again. I should probably update as we record this just to make sure. Uh, see how she's doing. Lost the first set, actually. So Yeah, Hadaji Maya must one. be one of the most improved players in tennis, man or woman. She came out of a drug suspension yeah. about a year, year and a half ago, and she came back stronger than she left. And uh, she is playing the best tennis of her career, and it wouldn't surprise me if she uh, were to upset Shuantek. Well, this is going to be like a choose-your-own-adventure because this will be out by the time this match uh, uh -oh. probably ends. But, but I will say, looking at the first set stats here, uh, four double faults for Iga. No looks at a break point. That's all I got in front of me right now. Uh, going into this match, she has won 20 straight on hard courts. And there's, oh, well, I don't want to say slump because that's outrageous to say, but it's been a wall from her, from her dominant self. I know the grass was kind of where she went and had the issue in the match against Cornet, lost in the clay court tournament as well. We'll see what happens. I know you mentioned Beatrice is a great player, but Iga's not, and I think it's unfair to say, she's not at her pole perch position that she is on clay, still the top of the game, but it's maybe more, you know, more players are optimistic that they can get her on hard court versus on clay. Oh, definitely. It's like Rafa. Mm -hmm. you know, well, you can't compare anybody to Rafa, really, <laughs> no. but you know that when you have... Definitely at their age, though, yeah. at this age that she is, where he oh, was yeah. at that age, it's yeah. the same. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Mm -hmm. I think so. She's not as dominant on the clay as <laughs> Rafa. Yeah. Uh, she never will be, but yeah. but uh, I think at the speed of the of the hard courts there in Canada allow other players to, to get to her a bit more. I think where you could compare them is Rafa. It took a couple years to really find his footing on hard courts yeah. and then start racking up the wins. And yep. We'll see. I mean, this is going to be a tough match. I expect that you get a fight, but she has set her, separated herself as the number one player going into the U.S. Open. She's going to be looked at, but I do think, though, that there's players out there. Halep is one you mentioned. Uh, not in the top ten seeds in this tournament, but working her way back from injury, I think she's someone to kind of look at. See, Jill Teichman's a tough player, and she kind of handled her pretty good. Well, the last, you know, the closing for Halep was a bit doubtful. Her second serve is not, you know, going anywhere. So a player like Shantek, she will just savor that second serve all day long and just tee off on it. And, and that's a big advantage that Halep is giving, I feel. So, so look for Goff to, to attack that second serve tomorrow in the quarters. In terms of, of Shantek and, and her improvements, I think she, she could uh, improve her forward movement. She, she needs to work on, on that a little bit. But other than that, she's just rock solid. Tournament should be fun. Uh, Georgie Pagula in a third set right now. 
uh, later tonight, uh, Sakri Pliskova, first time they played, I think, since Pliskova destroyed the umpire's chair in, in uh, the clay court tournament. <laughs> Sakri is, I mean, the crop top, I think she's like the only one that really pulls off that new women's fashion look of just showing the abs and everything. So, But she's another one looking for that first major, yeah. has talked openly about the pressures of being a top 10 player. It's Everything's there in her game, I think, mentally. Can she get that final hurdle, and that's the toughest task. It's tough. I, I think she's one of those overthinkers. She overthinks mm. everything. She Attention to detail is what got her there, so you know she should keep doing it. But she is one of those players that was bred to be a champion, and there's a lot of pressure in that, and nothing short of a, a slam crown will, will, will satisfy her, like many, because the effort was huge um, since she was a baby, you know, daughter of a, of a tennis player, a good tennis player at that, so... So I think uh, it, it happens. Look at Sabalenka, got to two, stopped playing doubles two in order to reach one and compete in majors in the singles. Then started to backpedal. Look at Kontovic, got to two. And now, you know, she's not winning many matches. Uh, fired her coach, uh, Osaka. Uh, those are different issues, but, you know, the same. So, so it, it, there is something there, and, and I wouldn't be able to tell you because I was never <laughs> in that position, but, but uh, certainly... In the emotional woman's game, it weighs a little more, I think. Well, it's going to be fun. Both both draws looking good. I just wanted to kind of wrap with, on the men's side, the lower half of the bracket with the seeds in disarray. Yep. Highest seeds left are Sinner at 7 mm -hmm. and Fritz at 10. Okay. You're going to have one of those or could be. Got Pablo Karina Busta who's been winning matches. Monfils is coming back. Carreño uh, Busta is playing up a storm. Yeah, straight set wins awesome. over good players. Awesome. It was Berrettini awesome. in the first round and then yeah. Holger just... Yeah, Berrettini even. didn't look too motivated yeah. to be honest, but Carreño did everything perfectly. So that yeah. was probably what's disturbing uh, Mateo in that one. Sinner's the next up. Like he looks like he has it all. And Fritz fighting, I mean, four love down to Francis. I like the hire. You know, I like the... the, the uh, the Darren Cahill hire, uh -huh. I think, is going to help him, especially with the serve. That's an area that needs improving in center. And but you know, this guy is going to leave no stone unturned. Him to me, he's not Italian. He's German. <laughs> Stop lying. Manic. Come on. Could be. You're German, man. Could be. <laughs> That's just kidding. All due respect to the to my fellow Italians. But yeah, but uh, I like the hire, and I I enjoy watching him uh, compete and and go about his business. I you know he's a fresh face for tennis and I was introduced to him by by his uh, last coach Maestro Piatti and and you know he seemed like a nice kid mm -hmm. at 15 16 and and he's, he's still the same guy very yeah. humble and goes yeah. about his business uh, uh, the right way and I wish him the best coaching could be the difference though you got guys that have made the right hires in the last right. couple of years Fritz working with Russell and our own Paul Anacone yeah, right you've got Stein and Paul and Cahill with like yeah could be in, and, and Ferrero and how with how about Jaffo how about Tiafo? Yeah, yeah. Tiafo, great hire mm -hmm. in, 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 in Wayne Ferreira. He's done a great job with Francis outside yeah. and inside the court. Yeah, it's great. Well, close with this. Nico, it's been a blast, obviously, talking tennis with you. We are going to get Rafa back in Cincinnati. Oh, yes. So add another Can't element. The Bulls coming wait. back to Ohio. Can't wait. To Can't wait. It. I enjoyed every match I did of his uh, from the studio or on court. I was privileged enough to be courtside announcer for many many years in 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 all four slams and countless hours of watching rafa is just dumbfounding this guy is just amazing just nobody like he him. doesn't stop amazing me this guy you know has 
all the respect like, I can give someone. He's, he's just, so he's like, a joy to watch. Dedicated to the process of being a tennis player, that no amount of success, like from a human human being perspective, yeah. no amount of success deviates away from it. He's a joy, which is insane because all of us would be different if we won. Half of it. Oh, we, we, we're lucky in tennis. Yeah. We talked about Serena being probably one of, mm -hmm. if not the best, one of the top five yeah. best athletes ever in the woman's side. Yeah. I never seen anybody as professional and as uh, correct about going about his business than, than Rafael Nadal. I've never seen it. He's back. Exciting times. Nico Pereira. Thanks for coming on Tennis Channel Inside In. It's almost Dolphin season two, so I'll probably oh, see you at some games. Oh, you had to hit me below the belt, huh? <laughs> Come on. We're all good. Thanks again for coming on the show. Appreciate it. My pleasure, you. Mitch. Good luck, man. Thank you very much. Have a great summer. Always a blast talking tennis with Nico Pereira, one of the most knowledgeable commentators in the game. We'll see what happens with the Canadian Open. A lot of good action in Toronto and Montreal. Make sure you're checking out Tennis Channel for the thrilling conclusion of the men's and women's tournaments there. Now we're going to switch gears, switch sports, talk pickleball with two PPA Pro Pickleball Association professionals. It's Jay DeVillier and Callie Smith. They're two of the top players in the pickleball game. They're in town in L.A. for the Riviera event. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be broadcast on CBS and on Tennis Channel in accordance with that. So we're going to talk about some pickleball with these two pros now. A little bit about the fastest sweeping game in the nation. Let's talk some pickleball here on Tennis Channel Inside In. All right, now we're joined on Tennis Channel Inside In by two of the biggest names in the PPA, the Pro Pickleball Association. Uh, two rising stars on the tour, both ranked in the top 10 and both debuted in 2019, if I have that right. Uh, he's won the Mixed Doubles Tournament in Las Vegas, and she has six titles to her name. Welcome to Tennis Channel Inside In. Uh, Jay DeVillier and Callie Smith, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. So I want to start with this. Uh, you're taking the official Tennis Channel tour today in town for the event at the uh, Riviera Country Club. What's it been like just checking out the building? And, uh, you know, it's a little overwhelming for even me, and I've been here for a few <laughs> years now. So what's it been like to check out the facility? Well, for me, just walking through, obviously, I didn't even know this all existed before <laughs> before coming here. Uh, I, I thought it was just all on courts, um, so I didn't realize it uh, used this, or utilized this huge production going into everything, but it's been really cool learning about everything that uh, the employees do here and uh, who's in charge, how many controls there are. It was just, <laughs> just looking at it, I was like, how the heck do you know what you're pushing um, and, how to, and how to produce this show uh, to make it as good as it is? Um, it was just really cool to see everything that goes into it and seeing all the rooms and the people that work here is yeah no it's the same for me i mean uh, you know i had no idea on how everything's set up it's just crazy yeah. uh you know i mean so many so many computers so many tvs everywhere people pushing buttons like kelly says <laughs> i mean it's just like wow i never expected yeah. it to be like that but it's, it's not boring so like the work is you know it's it's nice to not have that nine to five like structure like kind of monotony but there's some pressure moments in there but it it keeps everyone on their toes here and uh no it's so we're glad to have you guys here and i, I wanted to get to kind of the event but also this new fast-growing sport and your origin stories in it Callie's starting with you and i think the common theme for a lot of players on tour is the tennis background you grew up in utah played college tennis at the utes had a very successful career what was the transition like how did you discover the sport how did you just 
did you dive right in or was it like a slow, I'm not sure if I love this. It's kind of growing on me. That is a very funny story, actually. So obviously growing up and playing tennis, that tennis, I still love tennis. Yeah. Um, but I would hear this an obnoxious noise next to me and I hated it. <laughs> and I would look at the, the in, in my opinion, I, got, I guess I call myself the tennis snob because I would, uh, tennis is all about uh, beauty and precision and control. And I would see these pickleball players next to me and it just drove me nuts. And I went home uh, and, and told my husband, Kyle, I said, I, I will never. And how, how long ago was this? This was 2000, 2019, 2018-19. Wow. So, so that happens. You're a pro within like the year. Uh, yeah. Okay. I decided, yes, I decided to go pro. <laughs> wow. <in here. laughs> wow. Interesting. Uh, so I, I vowed I would never touch a pickleball paddle. And the day after I told him that, he came over and he's like, hey, my grandpa wants to play a tournament with you, a pickleball tournament with you. And I laughed. I said, ha ha, very funny, thinking he was joking. And he's like, no, Kelly, I'm serious. <laughs> wow. like, oh my gosh. It's like, he has, he has so many grandkids. And like, yeah. can he ask a grandchild? Because I'm, I'm not yeah. playing this. It's yeah. not a sport. It's not a hobby. Anyways, so uh, I went and played with him. Uh, his name is George Snell. I went and uh, played tournament. I'm like, okay, it's not as bad as I thought, but I still love tennis more. Um, and what really drove me in was actually losing to some 70-year-olds with my husband, uh, <laughs> where, who I thought we would kill. So they actually challenged us to a pickleball. Uh, or, well, I guess we were playing. So my husband is super athletic, um, but the, I, I beat him in any anything with a, a paddle or a racket and he ki kills me in any other sport. So okay. pickleball was uh, a little bit more of an equalizer for the two of us. And so we were out playing and these 70 year olds came and challenged us to a game. And I was like, well, why don't, why don't we split it up a little bit, make it a little more even. And they're, no, they're like, no, no, we want to play you. So I said, okay, let's kill him. So I turned to my husband yeah. and I said, they're dead. And uh, they killed us like 11-2, 11-2. And I thought I will never lose to a 70-year-old again. So, that was, so that's what's motivated you this whole time. It's <laughs> just old yeah. people that can, have gotten in your way. But yeah. the question is, can you beat them now? I could definitely beat them now. <laughs> I hope so. I, I, I just, hope so, Jay. In general, if you get challenged by someone of that age, it's probably a hustle to just keep your guards up in whatever the event is. But that's a fascinating story. And I know, Jay, your background, you were like tennis academy life. Barcelona, like you were on that path was it yeah kind of the injuries that unfortunately happened that deviated off of it where you were looking at other options I know you played college tennis but when you got kind of derailed from the pro journey was that how pickleball kind of came into your orbit yeah yeah no I mean um tennis was such a big part of my life you know growing up in France and I was with the French Federation then uh injuries got in the way so I decided to go to Spain played in a tennis academy at Sergi Bruguera Oh, yeah. For three <laughs> years, it, it was a good <laughs> academy. I got to uh, good to play tennis and do my studies in the same times. And then um, at the time, my it she was not my wife at the time, but she she was playing professional tennis as well. And she decided to uh, to go to college. And I was like, I'm never going to college. You know, um, too good for that. Want to go pro? And and <laughs> then I got that bad injury. Yeah. I had a stress fracture in a vertebra and. And I went to see her in college, and I was like, wow, I'm going to college. Very, uh, was she at Wichita also? No, no. she was at uh, FIU. Uh, okay. So I, I got the Miami vibe to start. Uh, <laughs> and then you went as far as possible from <laughs> Miami to the middle Yeah, of the you country. know, I mean, I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is America, okay? Yeah. And so, so yeah, then got to play at Wichita State, and, um, you know, I got very lucky. Overall, I feel very blessed. Got to play tennis uh all my life, got to be a hitting partner at the U.S. Open, and then from there, I discovered pickleball, and I was kind of 
like Kelly a little bit. I was like, I'm never going to play pickleball. I'm too good for that. And <laughs> and then I got a director position for pickleball. And then okay. that led uh, to me playing more. And then I fell in love with the game. And now I'm playing full time. So. What was the first time you started playing? Hers was 2019, the same year she turned pro. Yes, yeah, so 20, 2018, I played once to help uh, some friends out, actually, right. from Wichita. We have a lot of mm -hmm. good players there. So... I helped them to prepare for a tournament, and I was like, I'm never going to play. And then I got uh, I got that job, that director position, in right. um, at the end of 2018. So 2019 was when I started holding paddle okay. like on a daily basis. And then uh, first tournament was actually in April 2019. Okay, wow. Yeah. So um, it sounds like, I mean, because a lot of people who are playing it now play it for a hobby and, and play it for, the, for a workout and have fun. Was there that hobby phase? Because it sounds like you guys just skipped the steps and went right from, oh, this is fun, to I'm good at it. Let's see how far I can take this. Was there that phase when you were just kind of figuring it out? It was definitely that phase <laughs> for me. So funny story. So the Tournament of Champions, or TOC as people call it, uh, is actually where I met Jay for the first time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jay and Pat Smith, actually. And uh, we, start, we got talking, and that was my first technically pro tournament. Mm -hmm. um, that I had played at that point in time. So I actually found it in 2018, but decided to go pro actually right after that tournament in 2019. Interesting. Um, just because I was like, oh, these pros, like they're pros, but I feel like if I actually put time into this game, uh. that I could beat them. And that's what okay. uh, was the catalyst into propelling me forward. Yeah, and I, and I I I feel like, you know, it's it's a sport that you you're good fairly quickly when you're when you're a tennis player and you just go to pickleball you're going to be good at it but that doesn't mean you're going to be great at right. it but and you know we i feel like a lot of tennis players has this uh kind of ego inside us where we're like oh we're better than what we are sometimes oh, sure. a little bit <laughs> that <laughs> might be an athlete thing but yeah. definitely tennis players have it so we were like we're like you know i, I was like oh i'm gonna I'm going to be a pro. I'm going to make that. And then, you know, you realize how tough it is to uh, to get at the top level and um, and the complexity of the game, right. you know, because it's so easy to pick up. But then the strategy and all this come in play. And I think that's... I've heard other pros say that a tennis background's huge. Also like table tennis with mm -hmm. the hand-eye coordination as well. Um, and I guess it's another question for both of you. It seems like it's easier on the body from what I've heard and from what I've heard people say. But I mean, not easy on the body, but easier than maybe what tennis would have been. Um, do you want to go for Kelly? Yeah. Sure. In some ways, yes, but in okay. others, no. Um, I, I feel like in tennis, you have more time to run to the ball. You have more time to get there. The ball bounces higher with the top spin. The court's longer. Um, so yes, the court's bigger, but you also have a longer time to react to the ball. Okay. Whereas pickleball comes a lot faster and the ball doesn't bounce as, as high. Yeah. And so it's actually a lot of, uh, almost feels like jerky movement, so it's quick back and forth. You're still getting the cardio and the movement yeah. back and forth. It is a smaller court, but the bouncing is also lower. Uh, uh, the bouncing of the ball is lower, um, and the angles are, t in my did, opinion, tougher. Did you feel like you guys had to, like, Jay, did you feel like you had to retrain kind of your movements? And yeah, yeah, steps? absolutely. I mean, you know, I agree with Kelly. I think this, you know, pickleball is actually more explosive than tennis. Uh, you work, you, you work more on a shorter time like tennis is a long match you you can play a match of two hours three hours and mm -hmm. then you don't play anymore where pickleball the games are vary from 15 minutes or shortest to maybe 35 minutes but you keep playing yeah. through the day and so i think it gets it's a different uh different training different training mentally it's more exhausting uh, at least for me because again like in tennis i would you know, I could get away with serving a big serve once yeah. in a while and things like this, where pickleball is just, like, constantly draining you, like, every point matters. So I think, uh, again, different training, 
um, but very similar, a lot of similarities with, uh, with tennis. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Got Jay DeVillier and Kelly Smith here on Tennis Channel Inside In talking pickleball as we continue on. I've noticed that the PPA does a good job at kind of showcasing personality and excitement. You got nicknames too. You're the flying Frenchman. I think they call you Rapunzel. Is that gotten, fair? I have gotten that before. Yes. Are those fair nicknames? Like you can change them if you want. It's Call fair. it out if you don't agree. Uh, but no, it's good to kind of see that they're embracing it. When I spoke last year with your commissioner, uh, Connor Pardo, he said they want to make it kind of like a party type atmosphere where everyone has a good time. Have you felt that while you're playing, while you're going to these events? I would say I feel, in my opinion, I love pickleball so much. It just feels like a party every time I play. Okay. Um, but but it is uh, all the players are, uh, are not only great athletes, but also, as you said, fun. They have fun personalities. And uh, it's just great being on the court uh, with such amazing people. Uh, and I just I enjoy every minute of it and the competition. It's fun to compete and be in the points and just, just to play. It's, it's amazing. It's a great feeling. Yeah, how important was showing personality for you, Jay? Because it seems like you're one of the guys at the top of that list of getting <laughs> it out there. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I I love competing. It's one of my one of my thing, and you know, just like having the crowd more like very so engaged. I feel in pickleball, everyone is so close, everyone knows each other a little bit, so it's just so fun to to be on court and be expressive. I feel like. I noticed on your Instagram page, Jay, there's been a lot of like celebrity sightings on the court. We got the Bryan brothers and James Blake from the tennis realm, but then you know you, you big time them and go with Fitzgerald, or Fitzgerald and Michael Phelps. So, <laughs> what's it been like to meet those players and mo- those athletes, past and present, and also kind of see them kind of interested in the sport you're at? Yeah, the no, with? it's fun. I mean, like the Bryan brothers. Uh, yeah, I I always gr- growing up, growing up, I was watching them play doubles. I always was a big fan of them and and now that they're very interested in what is pickleball you know um same with james blake i mean he was number four in the world uh he got to be my captain uh for for certain events so just having them involved with tennis is just so cool not gonna lie though uh i hope he's not watching that but <laughs> my, my, I was very disappointed by Michael, Michael because felt, I mean, yeah, it's a swimmer. I, I mean, mean, you know, I mean, I, you know, he's such a legend to me. Like growing up, same thing. I was yeah. watching him, him beating our French guys all the time, and and yeah. I was just like expecting him to be such an amazing player just because he's so gifted on on the pool. But but yeah, no, I mean. Um, uh, you know, it's just so great. It's, it's a great opportunity to to meet those people. Tell the Bryans, like, just don't try to go pro in this. Like, let us kind of. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I kind of would like to see them compete a bit yeah. more because, yeah. I mean, you know, they're, they're so gifted yeah. in tennis. That doesn't mean they're so no, gifted in true. pickleball. We're, that's we're, true. We're here. Kelly, <laughs> uh, and your thing, too, that I've noticed is the workout plans. It's like this legendary thing online where you're like the fitness spokeswoman <laughs> for the pickleball league uh where did that come from and how is your like weight training which is very very intense how has that kind of helped you in your new profession well so what propelled me into i guess uh, health and health and nutrition so uh when i was uh 
six years old, uh, my dad would get us up at 5.30 in the morning and we would all go downstairs to our basement and do exercises at 5.30 or 6 in the morning, whether it was push-ups or jumping jacks or just something to start our day um, active. Uh, we, I remember when we'd go on vacations, we would run on the beach, we would, we would always uh, do something active. And then tennis was in our family. So at eight years old, I picked up tennis uh, with my with my brothers and sisters and started playing tennis. And it was just, I, I enjoyed it. I loved it. I loved being active and always moving. Um, and I felt better when I would be active. And so, and I know that people, uh, when they move, even if it's just walking, but when you, when you move, uh, it releases endorphins. There's so many uh, health benefits to moving uh, that I want to also be a health advocate um, and, and an activity advocate for uh, others and helping them uh, be motivated right. to move um, and to feel good about themselves and about life and uh, to be happy. And so that's kind of been one of my biggest motivations as far as it doesn't matter what you do. It could be what I'm doing. It could be, right. uh, you know, um, something different or whether, whether it's just walking or moving or a squat or going up your stairs, you know, something just to get you moving and get your body, uh, to be the healthiest you that you can be is, is my motivation behind that. And just showing that it is possible even with a family, even, uh, on your own. Did all the siblings react so positively to your dad's <laughs> 530 workout wake up calls? Oh, no. I was just thinking no. about it. I was like, wow. It, yes. it, you were six, right? Yeah. It was an elective activity. Okay. Uh, okay. I know you bought in, obviously, but I was just wondering. I would have bought in too. <laughs> yeah. That would be, <laughs> that would have been tough. Maybe like 730 I would have bought in, but 530 would have been tough. Um, just kind of going off that, you mentioned, I mean, there's like a lot of congrats to both of you, parents and family people in the pro mm -hmm. league. Yeah. Are they playing pickleball? Your kids, you each have two. Do you uh, kind of get out on the court with them already? The next generation? Uh, yeah, yeah, we do. Um, I mean, I, I talked for you too here, but, uh, yeah, both my boys, uh, go play. I, uh, I, uh, I don't do like Kelly's parents, but I force <laughs> them to play 20 minutes yeah. of tennis, 20 minutes okay. of pickle, 20 minutes of soccer. And then if they want to play That's longer, good though. That's yeah. good. They have the options. Cause I, I look in your story up again, like you played like what, like 10 sports. Yeah. Growing up? Yeah. Growing up, I touch a little bit of yeah. everything. So I yeah. want to do the same experience yeah. for them and I, I kind of force them to get out there. And then if they want to stay longer, they do. Yeah. And, and you know, with tennis, usually with 20, 20, 30 minutes, they, they want to be done. Where with right. pickleball, after an hour, I have to be the one kicking them out of the court. So it's uh, it's fun to see that. And uh, I have the third one on the way. So oh, hopefully, congrats um, again on that. That's, that's exciting. You. So hopefully, uh, he will be an athlete too. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it was really easy. My daughter, uh, Camber, when she was three, she came over to me and said, "Mom, I want to learn how to play tennis." Like, okay, perfect. Let's go on the court. Yeah. I don't have to force you. Yeah. And uh, so she's been playing, uh, been on court since she was three and loves pickleball, loves tennis. Uh, anytime I ask her if she wants to go play, she, in fact, she even asks me to mm -hmm. go play at tournaments and I'm more than happy to get out on the court with her and play. And uh, so she's already a good athlete and I'm excited to see where, uh, where her dreams will take her. And Stockton, my four-year-old, is also getting into pickleball. Um, so I just started, uh, he just learned his first forehand last week, actually. <laughs> wow. Well, it's it's got to be exciting from both your perspectives to be part of something that's growing so fast and mm -hmm. kind of be on the, on the front lines because who knows where this is going to be 20, 30 years from now. But at this point in the game's history, you guys are kind of in the early chapters, kind of right at the center stage. It has to be pretty exciting to be along for the ride, however long it lasts for your professional careers. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, uh, you know, I always wanted to be a professional tennis player, and and now I'm uh, 
I'm a professional pickleball player, so I'm I'm glad to be able to uh, be part of that history, and hopefully we, uh, Kelly and I, can write some history. So that would be nice. Oh, I'm excited just alongside Jay to I guess to be the legends of pickleball. So yeah. it'll be the first ones coming in. Just excited, and then to help uh, as pickleball grows and progresses, as yeah. it obviously is already, um, but just yeah. as it even increases more. Uh, just to be part of uh, other people's growth, especially right. juniors coming in or other people wanting to come in mm-hmm. and just to help grow the sport mm-hmm. um, and make it even better than it is now. And the best part is in like 30, 40 years when we're all old and the generations have like destroyed the record books, you're up there like the legends and they don't know. They're <laughs> like, oh, these, these are the real pioneers. You're like, yeah. Uh, last thing that's been great here, uh, Kelly Smith, Jay DeVillier, um, this weekend's event at Riviera, the uh, Skechers Invitational Summer Championships, CBS Sports, first time in conjunction with Tennis Channel, going to broadcast some pickleball. What should we expect this week? How busy are your individual plates going to be, Jay? Starting with you first, uh, how excited are you for this event? You know, I'm very excited. I think it's a big step for the sport. Um, playing in front of big stages, more more TV coverage, I think this is, uh, this is what is going to take the sport to the next level. So I'm just, like I said again, it's being... Being part of that is uh, massive, and I'm just looking to play the best that I can. I mean, this this is obviously a big uh, a big introduction to pickleball, but uh, as far as being on a grand scale or on on TV on television, but I just think it'll be so much uh, really beneficial for sponsors, and especially for the sponsors, the current sponsors we have now, in mm-hmm. addition to uh, other sponsors coming in. Um, but just the exposure, getting getting this new sport out to people, and just showing them how amazing it, it is. No, I agree. I, I can't wait for it as well. How many events are you guys playing? Is it multiple singles, doubles, mixed doubles? So I know no, you guys have been on the court against each other. We well, really get into oh that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two times, two times. He's pretty much my enemy now. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Well, there has been a fight for people listening, so we've kept it civil. But but it's good that you guys are able to kind of be ambassadors for the game, whether it's in France or over here, and just kind of grow it and see where it's coming. The infant stages of pickleball. So. Thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll be watching. But thanks for joining uh, Tennis Channel Inside In. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Huge thanks to Jay DeVillier and Callie Smith. Once again, thanks to Nico Pereira. This was Tennis Channel Inside In. If you like it, we're on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. Go to tennis.com slash podcasts for this and all the other shows in our catalog. It's going to be a great time. The next couple weeks are thrilling. Cincinnati next week an event in Cleveland the following week, the 250 there, and then the U.S. Open. We're on the road to the U.S. Open. The Masters Series is is thrilling, to say the least. We've got all that covered for you on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. For all the guests on today's show, my name is Mitch Michaels. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.